You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 411, The Superboy Chronicles. This planet is condemned. Welcome to episode 411 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am once again solo lad, as I will be next week as well. It's the crazy time of year when, uh, you know, Darren's off at Dragon Con, Scott's off at, uh, at Fan Expo, and I'm hoping to make my way to at least one of those. And, you know, hint... It's not going to be Dragon Con because that's very far, and uh, and if plans hadn't been made by this point, it ain't happening. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so this week uh, I'll be doing uh, Superboy number seven, and next week I'll do number eight. It is a two-part story, so it only makes sense. And I know I say that in a way that you know we just kind of left on a cliffhanger with uh, the Emerald Empress, and uh, now I'm going to be doing this for. Uh, two weeks, and then we'll get back to our story, uh, you know, continuing in progress. Not like, you know, well, you know, you know what I'm saying? We'll be back to it, is what I am saying. So, um, in the meantime, we have a couple of issues of Superboy, and it's kind of interesting uh, what's going on there. Um, um, there's, there's some interesting stuff going on at the time, and we'll get to that in a moment. But in the in uh, first... First, yes, there is some uh, Legion news of sorts, um, and this really just sort of uh, is again looking at the Supergirl TV series. Um, Cinema Blend ran a Cinema Blend.com ran a story earlier uh, talking about how Supergirl season two will be like The Empire Strikes Back, according to executive producer Andrew Kreisberg, and um, of course they are moving to the CW and are looking really to turn some heads with it. They've added uh, a whole bunch of characters, as we've discussed, and I'll get to uh, that list in a moment. Um, uh, but so definitely, uh, you know, really kind of getting a, making some moves. And they say, whenever a TV show or movie looks to be bigger and better than ever, you know that a comparison to Empire Strikes Back is right around the corner. I wouldn't necessarily have thought that, but I suppose it is. Um... And in fact, Andrew Kreisberg has compared Supergirl's second season to the famed Star Wars sequel. Uh, in an interview with Collider, this is, this is the best part about the internet, is really, you know, everyone's stories are based on somebody else's stories. Um, uh, Andrew Kreisberg was asked what he felt they could do in season two that they couldn't make happen in season one. And uh, he said, in a way, it's almost like a sequel. And I don't mean that in terms of it being dark. When you look at Empire Strikes Back compared to Star Wars, because you'd already introduced the characters and gotten that out of the way, you were able to go deeper with the characters and have more introspection and watch them grow and learn. In some ways, the show is a little bit more comic booky with the addition of Superman and some of the things we're trying. But it's also gotten richer with some of the characters and what they'll be exploring this season. And... Uh, and then the uh, story goes on to say that Empire Strikes Back was a sequel that essentially threw the kids' gloves off and got to work on fleshing out the world and characters. Uh, some filmmakers could be a little quick to compare their own sequels to the darkness of that film, but, but Kreisberg might be right on the money. Supergirl is certainly not known for being overly moody and is in fact celebrated for its optimistic outlook. The characters seem to be what people like most about the show, so giving some of them deeper focus certainly seems like it could be the right call. 
Now that Supergirl is officially part of the Arrowverse, it'll be interesting to see how it gets more comic booky. And uh, they said that if it is aiming for an empire-ish feel, then it isn't wasting its time. The second season looks to be filled with new content and characters to push the story forward. Miss Martian will be joining the series, as we discussed last week, as well as Christopher Woods' Monel, uh, the being inside the Kryptonian pod from the season one finale, and Linda Carter's president of the United States. And, of course, we can't forget Superman, who will be played by Tyler Hecklin. And uh, there's lots of uh, images uh, circulating now of, uh, of Hecklin as... And I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I, I think I am. I think that's what Darren said. So if I'm wrong, it's Darren's fault. And he's not here, so I get to blame him. And yay. Um, all right, so let's just uh, get back. Let's get into uh, into the issue, shall we? Uh, the issue is Superboy, or sorry, The New Adventures of Superboy. Uh, cover date July 1980. And it is issue number seven. Um, one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to get into the the Superman story that is also included in this issue because it's a whole other comic book. In fact, it's longer than a regular comic book. Um, this issue included a 28-page uh, bonus Superman story, uh, which basically so said it, it was basically an ad for the uh, TRS-80 computer, uh, which was out at the time. And uh, it talked about how you can think as fast as Superman by using the TRS-80. Yeah, I know. Um, all right. So uh, so anyway, story by Carrie Bates, art by Jim Starlin and Dick Giordano. It's not that it's bad. It's just, it's just a really long ad. And so I'm not going to get into that on on the show um so on the cover uh, of course by uh series artist kurt schaffenberger we have um uh, and uh inker dave hunt we have superboy standing sort of in, on a platform in the middle of a crowd of aliens and uh some radiation clearly around his around his head area uh, and it says please superboy you must stay on our planet to absorb the terrible radiation that would otherwise kill us all and he's thinking Am I doomed to remain here for life? A human lightning rod never to see Earth again? Now, of course, we know. No, he's not, because we've we've actually read comic books. Um, but uh, how it unfolds. Uh, yes, the journey. The journey is what it is all about. I'm going to apologize as my voice continues to get deeper and deeper. It is, of course, allergy season. Huzzah. All right, so um, we have on the splash page uh, Superboy flying out of this uh, alien planet. It says, please, Superboy, do not leave us. You are condemning us to die. He says, yet, if I stay on this world, I'll lose Earth. As I, much lost, uh, as I once lost my homeworld, Krypton. So yes, of all the principles ingrained in the growing teen from Krypton, his foster parents, the Kents, made sure their super son placed the sanctity of life above all else. And yet one day, trillions of miles from Earth, we find Superboy turning his back on an entire doomed race. This planet is condemned. And this story is brought to us by writer Carrie Bates, penciler Kurt Schaffenberger, inker Dave Hunt, letterer Ben Oda, colorist Jerry Serp, and editor Julius Schwartz. All right, so we start off on the first Saturday in April, um, uh, where it's always something special for the students of Smallville High School. It is Smallville High Parents' Day. Uh, among those in attendance, Jonathan and Martha Kent, proud parents of their student son, Kurt, uh, student son, Clark. Ugh. The allergies, folks, killing me. All right. 
so they're watching these uh, these crazy fireworks, and it ends up setting off uh, um, an avalanche or a landslide. And so everyone starts running. Oh no, the landslide's heading our way. Um, the sharp sounds of the fireworks must have set it off. It's moving faster than I can run. Um, aren't they in Kansas? Anyway. Um, but one couple on the scene uh, seems pretty... Uh, well, they're not panicked. And that's Jonathan and Martha. Because if they, of course they know that their son has snuck away... And our sorry, sorry, silently slipped away. I can't miss out on that alliteration, and uh, changed into his Superboy costume. And so he comes out there with the cape, which of course at the time was super, super stretchy, and uh, ties it around some treetops and uh, basically makes a big net out of it. Everyone's kind of like, "What's he doing? Hanging his cape out to dry? Why isn't he carrying us to safety?" And uh, but of course he can't do all that, so. Uh, he has his indestructible stretchable cape, and uh, um, in fact, Jonathan Kent says, nothing is impossible for Superboy and his indestructible stretchable cape. And someone else says, sons of thunder, Kent's right now. I see what Superboy's up to. And yes, he catches, he basically forms a canopy above them, and uh, and the the rocks bounce off it like pebbles off a trampoline. It seems incredibly unsafe to me, because there's some people who actually aren't under the cape um oh sorry but but that's okay because superboy is all as they bounce away he's smashing them into into uh, harmless dust and then he grabs up the rest of the de the debris in this huge sack now uh made out of his cape and uh they say superboy's wrapped up all the debris in his cape and is flying off with it what would smallville do without him let's hope we never have to find out which means they're about to have to find out um, and, uh, yeah, Jonathan Martha, super, super proud, but, you know, they're keeping it all low-key, and, um, then Clark comes back, and, uh, oh, runs into his nemesis, Bash Bashford, the original kick-sand-in-the-face bully, uh, Clark's been reading some comic books, he knows about the, uh, the thing that made a man out of Ace, or whatever it was, um, or made a man out of Mac. Um, all right, so he says, well, look what happened to me, Kent. I got all dirtied up, saving Samantha hair from the dust cloud left over from the slide. Just my luck. I don't have a hanky on me today. So how's about my using your shirt to wipe myself off? And he says, well, what a spot. If this shirt comes off, everybody will see the Superboy emblem underneath. But if I don't take it off, Bash will. Only one way out of this fix. Sure, ba sure, Bash, take it. I never like this shirt much anyway. He says, my trick's a long shot, but... And then someone else says, hey, Bash, look over here. There, this is a faster way to get rid of all that dirt. And uh, and they splash him with wa a bucket of water. And he goes, Why you? And he says, that's a break. I'll keep, I'll save, I'll keep my identity-saving stunt for another day. Gosh, wonder what it would have been. Um... And it turns out it's this guy, Willie Mason. And he says, I ought to pound you six feet into the ground for that, Mason. And he says, you're welcome to try, Bash, but it's been six whole weeks since I won the Interscholastic Boxing Championship. Maybe I'm out of shape, or you'll get lucky. He says, bah, I'll get you for this, Mason, one way or another. And he says, promises, promises, Bash. <laughs> so Clark is super... Um, uh, relieved, and he says, thanks, Willie, I really appreciate what you did for me, standing up to Bash like that, and he says, 
Ah, Bash is more hot air than anything else. I think that's totally me doing Ultra Dillinger voice, so you can feel free to take a drink there. Um, he says, uh, besides, I owe you a favor for tutoring me through that chem exam. And he says, now that we're away from others, Clark, I need your advice. I've got to confide in somebody or I'll go crazy. I made a mind-blowing discovery about myself last night. I, I'm adopted. And Clark says, gee, Willie, I'm adopted too, but I've always known it. I can imagine the shock of having your parents suddenly telling you that. And he says, well, they didn't tell me, Clark. I found out for myself by accident. And how that happened is the real shocker. He says, my gym class was canceled yesterday, so I came home earlier than usual. Oh, no. Uh, figuring I'd shoot a few baskets behind the house. He says, when I heard an eerie noise coming from our garage, like something out of a science fiction movie. Don't go in there, Willie. Don't do it. And then I heard my mom and dad, and I couldn't believe my ears. And yet, it turns out they were aliens who wear, who wear like, rubber masks, um, even though their, their faces are of drastically different shapes than, uh, than human heads. Turns out these masks, they pull it all tucked in. Um, and they're talking to their leader who, uh, oops, who says, uh, that's much, or they say, um, what is it? Uh, ah, yes. Um, I've consented to conducting these relays in earthy and English for the sake of your disguises, but must I endure those revolting faces? They're nauseating, so they pull off the masks. And, of course, fortunately, they're doing this in English so that Willie will understand what's going on. And he says, that's much better. I trust you have taken precautions to be alone for the duration of this relay. And they say, every precaution. Our adopted earthy and will not return for some time. And he says, uh, I know this must be tough to talk about, Willie, but you're doing fine. Take a deep breath and tell me, what did they say to each other next? And he says, I don't know. I was so shattered by what I saw, I turned and ran. Last night, I slept in the park. I haven't been home since. I would have cut out today if they'd shown up at this picnic, but I guess they were too busy talking to their home world. I can't possibly face them anymore, knowing what I do. He says, what am I going to do, Clark? He says, that's an easy answer, Willie. It'll take plenty of heavy thinking. In the meantime, I know where you'll be welcome. Be made to feel at home. That's right, 321 Maple Street. So they uh, they put him up in the guest room, and um, and he says, uh, and Martha says, right this way, and I'll show you where the guest room is. I've already got some fresh sheets and blankets for you. And he sa thinks to himself, Clark's parents sure are great. Choke! Take a drink. Uh, but I used to think mine were, too, until yesterday. And... Um, and Jonathan's talking to Clark. He says, I know Willie isn't the type to tell tall stories, son, but I've known Herb and Lydia since before you landed on Earth. I remember how proud they were when, uh, what, how proud Herb was when his son was born. And now, you're t now you tell me they're aliens who adopted Willie? I'm sure that's not so. He says, Clark thinks, well, in that case, where are his real parents? They may have been inducted, abducted or even killed by their alien impersonators. He says, well, and if it weren't for Willie turning up in the wrong place at the right time, nobody would have been in the wiser. What do you suppose they're up to, son? And he says, well, this is a job for Superboy to handle, Pa. If Willie comes down and asks where I went, and whoosh, he, he heads out the window after he's changed uh, into Superboy. Um, and Clark says, I'll say you were feeling a bit queasy from too many hot dogs at the picnic, so you went out for some fresh air. And so he heads across town to uh, Willie's family's... Uh, or the Mason family abode, and uh, says, excuse me for um, arriving unannounced, but I was in the neighborhood, and I thought I'd drop in to pay my my uh, respects. And the mother says, land sakes, Herbert, isn't that Superboy? 
I'll be hornswoggled if it isn't, Lydia. And he checks with the x-ray vision and says, Hey, you guys can cut the cornball routine. My x-ray eyes clearly reveal there's nothing remotely earthly about either of you. She says, We should have known, Romax. It would only be a matter of time before Superboy penetrated our disguises. He says, I promise you I'll do a lot more than that. Unless you produce the real Masons, intact and unharmed right away. And they say, just give us five seconds, which is all we need, as your language so quaintly puts it, to make our getaway. Intrawarp activated. And they disappear. But Superboy is too fast for him. And he clutches at, uh, at, at a dematerializing uh, limb, feeling a tremendous rush of energy flowing into him on contact. So, and if that means what I think it means, I'm being teleported along with him through some sort of space warp. And so sure enough, that happens. And he ends up on their world, which is some 1,500 light years from Earth. It is Volks, their home world. And since it is no longer necessary, Romax and I have dispensed with our human camouflage. And uh, so then we have the uh, Superman and the computers that saved Metropolis, which, again, I say I'm not getting into it. It uh, co-stars the TRS-80 computer whiz kids. And, uh, yeah. So we're just going to scroll scroll and see past. And wow, yeah, 28 pages, folks. All right, and there we go. Um, okay, so uh, he says, so I see. What about the innocent humans you impersonated? Did you dispense with them too? And he said, nothing so barbaric, Superboy. They were merely placed under sedation uh, for, for the duration of our brief Earth visit. Even now they are being reunited with your friend Willie. My friend, do not bore us with the pretense of your dual identity, Clark Kent. That is for Earthians alone. And not even all of them. Uh, and they say, and if you think our choice of the Masons was a random selection. And he says, hardly. You, you deliberately exposed your disguises to Willie, having calculated that Clark Kent would be the person he'd most likely confide in. You spoke English for Willie's benefit. And that's what this whole thing was a setup. See? Um... And they say, yeah, well, you know, being a peace-loving uh, culture, we did not possess the weaponry necessary to teleport you to our world against your will. So we had to create a situation to entice you into following us here to Volks. Come, we have much to show you. And so they, they get into uh, into the next uh, uh, building, and they've got this big triangular thing with a symbolic representation of Volk uh, depicting the continual bombardment it, re it receive, receives from invisible mutual rays. Similar to cosmic rays, their penetration across the galaxy is all-encompassing. And basically, yeah, it's poisoning their... They have silicon-based bodies, and it is poisoning them. And um, But they think, hey, Superboy might be able to, to, to stop this. They figured they were a doomed race. and uh, But he doesn't understand. They say, you will when you step into the next chamber. And, uh, and so he does. And he says, you know, my... Um, he stands on this platform, and they say, no cause for alarm. We assure you the Visi disc beneath you has but one purpose, to illuminate our point. And he says, my X-ray vision has already verified it's not a weapon, so go on with the demonstration. And um, they basically, um, you know, they show that he has, from the instant he arrived on Vox, he has been absorbing tremendous quantities of this mutual radiation. And... Um, and they say that somehow the incredible density of your Kryptonian molecular structure acts as a virtual magnet, allowing you, to, enabling you to harmlessly absorb the mutual rays that would afflict us. And uh, so they say, well, you know, our bodies are mutual-free for the first time. Our tolerance levels have jumped to a most critical stage. 
In other words, Superboy, as long as you remain on Volks, all of us will maintain our health and vitality. But should you leave our home, wor- our, our, our world, the sudden return of high mutual radiation would doom our um, entire race in ten of your Earth hours. He says, Great Krypton, you're telling me if I left this world, it would make me a mass murderer. But that isn't fair. I've already been orphaned from one planet, Krypton, and now you expect me to adam- abandon my adopted world, turn my back on the people of Earth? They said, we hardly consider it a choice, Superboy. You will be missed by Earth, to be sure, but we know the human race will manage without you. Not so with the Vulcan race. Leave us, and you condemn us all to painful deaths. He says, well, i gotta, I got to get away from here. Be my, by myself to think this over. And they say, remember, you have ten hours to save us, or you'll kill us. So he accelerates back into deep space, uh, rec- quickly reckoning his course and position from the stars. And uh, he says, I know an Earth, a shortcut to Earth near here via hyperspace. It won't take up much of my 10 hours to fly home and take a good long look. Choke! Take a drink. It may have to last me a lifetime. So he heads over Smallville and says, I, I to think this could be my final flight over Smallville. I guess I never stopped to think how much I'd miss this town if I ever had to leave it, even when I considered moving to Metropolis, which was, of course, last issue. Um, so he looks in on the Masons and sees that Romax and Awula made good on their promise. The real Mr. and Mrs. Mason have resumed their normal lives. Willie now knows he's not adopted, which solves his problem, but not mine can't stall any longer i've got to tell mom and pa the bad news and uh and he says maybe if we put our heads together we'll be able to come up with a way out of this dilemma but basically yeah they they don't know what to say um and and you know he says you know can you help me figure out a way to save the volksons and stay here on earth and they say well well son uh from the way you explained it the problem uh, the, the way you explain the problem you are the only hope for this alien race for survival and they say it'll devastate your mother and me to lose you, but with millions of lives at stake, our personal grief doesn't mean much. And, they, and Martha says, when I think of all the good you could still accomplish here on Earth, if only you could stay. And Clark's thinking to himself, what fortitude. No matter how much it hurts them, Mom and Pa still stand by what they've preached to me all these years, putting the preservation of life above all other values. And uh, Martha says, I used to have nightmares about you being overcome by some villainy or being killed by kryptonite. But I never dreamed it would be your superhero duty that would take take you away from us. And he says, Ma, you did it. You just told me how I could save the Vulcans and still be home in time for Sunday dinner. And Martha says, goodness, that, then I better get the roast on. Um, and so, woo, she flies away and uh, they can't figure out, you know, hey, what what got him so worked up? And uh, Jonathan says, beats me, Martha, but never underestimate the powers of a Superboy. And um, so he goes to a um, construction site of the new Smallville Library and says, if all goes according to plan, I'll be able to reattach the Derek to the scoop of this crane long before the construction crew shows up for work to Monday morning. And uh, if he goes and he's got the Derek's arm and uh, he uses it to basically pick up a whole pile of kryptonite. And, um, so the, uh, Vulcans are looking and they see, hey, look, here he comes. And, uh, and he has some manner of strange apparatus. And he says, I had to scour interstellar space to track down enough kryptonite meteors to do the job. Here, people of Vulcs, the answer to your problem and mine. And they say, have you taken leave of your senses, Superboy? 
Our research on you makes us well aware of the mineral green kryptonite and its deadly effect on you. And they say, of what Vulcan use could... And it turns out uh, he, he leaves again, and uh, he says the purpose of the the green K hasn't dawned on Romax and the others yet, but I'm sure it will when they realize I've given their race a new lease on life. And soon, true to the Teen of Steel's predictions, well, they're, they're saying, what a stroke of genius. Since it was the ultra-density of Superboy's Kryptonian body which enabled him to absorb the Mutra rays, he brilliantly deduced that any type of Kryptonian matter would perform the same function even kryptonite and and uh it will it says but it was your stroke of genius romax which inspired him to us to sculpt the life-saving element into a form that would pay proper tribute to our cape savior and now both earth and volksa have a superboy to watch over them and it says next issue superboy makes an incredible decision clark kent must die um yeah, so they made that look. Yeah, anyway, um, of course, this issue had a, a Daily Planet in it, uh, which ha included uh, an ad for the Monster Society Strikes Back story that happened in World's Finest number two hundred sixty four, and that was a Marvel family tale uh, written by E. Nelson Bridwell, uh, with art by Don Newton and Dave Hunt, and that Don Newton stuff on uh, Captain Marvel and the Marvel family was amazing stuff uh, i kind of uh, finished out its run in the uh, adventure comics digests um, which uh, had legion stories you know basically they were doing all of the legion stories uh, in chronological order uh, in that adventure comics digest and uh, this was one of the uh, other stories in that book and um but the, the the small digest size did not do justice to don newton's artwork on that stuff god it was so 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 good um and of course um e nelson bridwell would uh, would leave us in in just a couple of years um and don newton uh, a couple of years after that uh just as he had taken on the art duties on uh infinity inc um Anyway, so also coming out that week was DC Comics Presents number 24, uh, written by Len Wein with art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, which teamed Superman and Deadman. And uh, Batman number 326, Selina Kyle leaves Gotham and Batman finds himself on a path marked This Way Lies Madness, uh, written by, again, Len Wein uh, with art by Irv Novick and Frank McLaughlin. Flash number 288, Be Carrying Your Umbrella, The Day It Rained Flash, by Carrie Bates, Don Heck, and uh, Frank Chiamonte, uh, with a co-starring role with Dr. Alchemy, who we'll, of course, see over on, on TV this this season. And Jonah Hex number 39, A Father Journeys from Japan to Rescue His Kidnapped Daughter, but it's up to Jonah to fulfill the vow of a samurai. By Michael Fleischer and Tony DeZuniga. Anyway, so that was uh, some of the stuff that the Daily Planet was advertising. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, it looks like that wasn't actually a two-parter, but that's okay because they both kind of go together. It's this idea of of uh, Superboy leaving Smallville. So we will get into that next week. Um, so you can, uh, uh, as I say, with uh, all the convention stuff, um, now, one of the things we did last week is we did kind of a rundown on the comic book guests of um, uh, uh, Dragon Con, and I kind of need to do the same for Fan Expo. Um, 
and uh, and so that is what I am about to do, um, in theory. Okay, so um, on the featured guest list, I'll kind of uh, skip through some of these to cover main, the main uh, comic book guests. We have Stan Lee, Frank Miller, uh, Joe Quesada, M- Margaret Atwood somehow got thrown into the comic book guest, but hey, whatever. Um, she's a national treasure around here, folks. Leave it alone. All right, Andy Kubert will be appearing um as will brian azarello of course all tied into uh dark knight 3 the master race um and joe casada is there for friday and saturday um of course fan expo runs from uh thursday the 1st of september through to the 4th of september which would be sunday um all right so yeah andy kubert uh brian azarello klaus jansen uh, we'll also have uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Greg Capullo uh, coming off his Batman run and David Finch uh, coming on to his Batman run. Uh, also, Meredith Finch, who uh, worked on um, Wonder Woman with her husband, um, Jason Fabok, who has been doing Justice League for the last couple of years, uh, Dan Slott appearing Saturday and Sunday, uh, Tim Sale. Uh, you remember from a lot of the stuff he's done with uh, Jeff Loeb, um, including Captain America White and Superman uh, for all, of all seasons. Francis Manipal. Gotta love Francis Manipal, who will be doing the Trinity series. Um, he, he's going to be there. Uh, Mahmoud Asrar of Avengers. Uh, Ryan Stegman. I'd love to see Ryan Stegman getting like the featured guest kind of role because he's just an awesome guy. Uh, Adrian Alfona, uh, artist for Miss Marvel. Greg Land from the Uncanny X-Men. Ryan Otley, artist for v- Invisible. Uh, John Boy Myers from Teen Titans. Clay Mann, also working on Trinity. Uh, Mike, Mike Del Mundo from Weird, Weird World. Um, Sterling Gates, uh, writer of Adventures of Supergirl. Um, and, of course, did that fantastic run on Supergirl. Uh, really kind of one of the definitive runs, uh, which is great that that happened in sort of the last decade. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Sterling Gates will be there. Uh, John Tyler Christopher, who's an artist for Marvel action figure variants. Uh, Tom Grummet, former Teen Titans artist. He, co- of course, worked on the uh, the Superboy that isn't Superboy book. Um, and I hate to say it because it was actually really cool because, of course, it was... Um, you know, uh, it, it was Carl Kiesel and, and Tom Grubbett. I mean, it was a great book. I just, you know, it's not Superboy. Um, other special guests, Peter Steigerwald, uh, Peter Steigerwald, uh, Jay Torres, of course, no stranger to Legion fans because he wor- did some work on the uh, um, Legion of Superheroes uh, animated tie-in book. Uh, Kalman Andrasovsky, from, who's been doing Captain Canuck recently. Uh, Sonia Amwar, Elia Baker, Marguerite Bennett, uh, Ed Brisson, Dylan Burnett, Eric Kennedy, Jamal Campbell, uh, Scott Chandler, Michael Cho, Johnny Christmas, uh, Richard Cumley, who's the creator of Captain Canuck, uh, Johnny D, uh, who worked on Wonder Woman, Marco D'Alfonso, Jeff DeCal, Valentin Delandro, Louis DeMartini's, De, De uh, of Penny Dreadful, Anthony Delcall, Ray Fox, uh, who's been doing Robin, son of Batman, 
Um, and I'm just kind of now realizing I should actually uh, go through and kind of edit this list. Uh, Cully Hamner, DC cover artist. Jeremy Hahn, Scott Hepburn, uh, Ian Herring, Mark Irwin, Leonard Kirk, uh, John Kovalik of, of Dork Tower, uh, Giselle Lagasse of Archie, and um, the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, a couple of others of note. Kerry Nord, Ryan North, Richard Pace, uh, Ramon Perez, um, let's see here, uh, Dave Ross, um, Fernando Ruiz, Ron Salas, uh, Ken Stacy, who of course had a run of Legion covers uh, over the conspiracy time frame. And uh, so always worth checking out. Ty Templeton, who did the awesome Secret Origins uh, origin of uh, the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Uh, Marcus Toe from Nightwing. And uh, uh, Jim Zub, who's been doing Thunderbolts. Uh, Tonsi Zonjic uh, from Lobster Johnson. And Craig Young of A-Force. So lots of cool people. Um... I'm just trying to see if there's any sort of tie-ins here. So that's the thing is that you kind of get that split guest list. Um, you know, it used to be that, uh, that you know, Darren would go over uh, the list from um, Dragon Con and we'd go over the list from Fan Expo. And there was a lot of overlap to the point where we used to joke about there being a bus that just takes them straight from Fan Expo uh, to uh, Dragon Con. And... Um, that's no longer the case, of course, because now they have to make the choice. Uh, yes, the choice. And uh, that's no fun. So anyway, so that is your guest list for um, for Fan Expo in Toronto at the um, uh, Tor Metro Toronto Convention Center. And uh, so that is that. So uh, I, I'm hoping I can make it out there for a day. At least part of it, anyway. Um, but time, time will tell. Time will certainly tell. And uh, and of course, the Monkey Man will be there. If you see a huge splash of orange, that is him. So do go and say hi. And uh, there we go. So I'm going to wrap this up. Comments, as always, are welcome. Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, heading back to the 50s to see what's going on with Superboy. And we will see you all next week.